Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 11, you'll find these words. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children. You also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communication has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Today, saints of God, I just want to talk to you from the thought. Do not be unequally yoked. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. Uh, this particular passage of scripture, amen. As the Apostle Paul continues to plead with the church at Corinth, uh, we find that there are two letters written to the church at Corinth. And uh, if you read those letters, you will probably come to the same conclusion that if there was any church in the provinces at which uh, Paul the Apostle was traveling on his missionary journeys, it would be the church at Corinth would be the church that would implode on itself. Almost any sin that you can imagine was going on at Corinth. Now, this is not a good report, being that the church at Corinth was the church at Corinth. So this means there are baptized, born-again believers in this church, but they are behaving as if they're in the world. But don't get too down on the church at Corinth because the church at Corinth is really a microcosm of the church universal in this world today. If we look at the churches in America today, amen, and those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, if you uh, apply what a Christian is supposed to look like versus what we're looking like, we will be scratching our heads. 
And when I read this text in its entirety and I begin to think, it reminds me of an Old Testament scripture back in uh, one of the books of Chronicles. When the Lord God Almighty spoke to the children of Israel, because you do know that originally it started with a nation called the children of Israel in which God nurtured to bring about his son, Jesus Christ. And through his son, Jesus Christ, all of the nations are blessed. But in that time, it was a microcosm of the larger people of God that it was the nation of Israel. And he said to that nation, he said, if my people called by my name, we can stop right there. If my people called by my name, the ones who uh, equate themselves with being my children, amen. In those days, the nation of Israel today is Christians. If they would humble themselves and pray, and not only do that, but seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I would forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, it was simpler from a perspective of you could find the borders of the land of Israel because they were a nation and they had borders so you could identify those borders to see where the healing would become, where the healing would go on. But I contend with you today, amen, that the healing is more widespread now. Because no longer is the children of God just a nation. But there are nations of nations that all the nations are blessed. But today I want to focus a bit on my nation. Amen. The United States of America. And those who proclaim and that are called by God's name. We see in the text... The verse of emphasis here really is verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? We're living in a time now where Everything is seemingly to go. Everything now just is easy believism. All you got to do is make a decision for God and go your own way. I mean, he's a loving God. He, he knows my heart. Amen. And so folk are just doing anything and everything regardless of what God says in his word. And that's very concerning to me because we have gotten uh, at a level of audacity to believe that God doesn't punish sin. If we did, we would not openly sin the way we're doing today. We, we live in a generation now that those who are proclaimed to have the strongest faith Amen. At the same time are exemplifying things that we know that God is not pleased with. 
Today, I'm not going to try to deal with them all because there's so many, but I will deal with one all by itself, and that is the sin of fornication. It appears in our land now that that whole idea has been washed away. Now, and I'm not worried about folk in the world right now. I'm worried about folk in the church, right? I'm concerned about folk in the church as they have washed it away. I am seeing time after time those who have been lauded as those who are trusting in God and has strong faith in God, but their representation is we just live with whoever we want to live with. We don't get married. We just go and do what we want to do. Men with women, women with men. But the Bible says fornication is a sin. It's a sin, amen, because it's sex outside of marriage. Living together, amen, is not in the auspices of God's pleasing. Well, somebody will say, well, we're just living together, boyfriend and girlfriend, but we're not doing anything. It's okay. No, because the word of God says, do not do anything that gives the hint of evil. Because the first thing that somebody's going to be thinking if a boyfriend and a girlfriend is living together is that they're doing more than just living together. But now we're living in this world and I'm, I'm, I don't know what has happened in just the last, to me, a couple decades where I remember there was a time where if you were in the church, amen, if you were a child of God and you were serving in any capacity and found out that you were shacking up, amen, you had to be set down, amen, from your ministry because you were out of the will of God. But now today it's as if everything is just fine. You just do anything you want to do. And now as I look at older Christians, amen, who know these things, who are now also aiding and abetting the same behavior. That's a problem, saints of God. And see, the devil is so slick because what he does is he lulls us into a false sense of security. He says, well, when you do it, no lightning came down from heaven, right? Uh, uh, the land didn't blow up. The earth didn't open up like in the days of Korah and folks get swallowed up. So it must be all right. It must be all right because the society says it's all right. Basically, the society says, amen, you know, go ahead and try her out or try him out. Amen. You don't have to commit. Amen. Only until after you've tried it out. Amen. But in the, in the old days, amen, they used to talk in terms of, no, no, girl, or no, no, boy, don't do that because, you know what, see, if they can get the milk for free, they'll never buy the cow. Amen. Amen. But we're living in this world, and so now the examples are completely throwing things off because on one hand, we got strong faith, but on the other hand, we aid and abet things that are clearly sinful in the eyes of God. But the real problem here, and Sister Butler says it so many times, and that is that you can choose the sin, but you cannot choose the consequences. 
And what we don't know when we see things, amen, is we may see how things look on the outside, but we don't necessarily see how things look on the inside. See, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. It doesn't matter if you're uh, the usher or a choir member, Pastor Butler, amen, sin has consequences. And I'm more concerned about as well the example that we are showing to the world. What is the fellowship between light and darkness? It has no fellowship. But when the church goes dark, just like the world, what does the world need to do with the church? Where is the difference? Where is the stark difference in reality if we're going to live just like the world do? If we're going to cuss and we're going to fuss, we're going to lay down with whoever anytime, we're going to do anything and everything and then prance around here like it's every, everything's okay and God is happy with it, then how are we going to be an example of a difference to the world in which we live? It's not going to work. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not what God is calling us to be. But we somehow get lulled into the false sense of security that if the society says it's all right, it's all right with God. But never forget that God's word said that I am the Lord and I change not. God's not changing because of our societal norms. Amen. What sin is sin and it's an absolute with God. It is our responsibility to live in the world, but not be of the world. Are y'all following me today? But I don't know because nobody's talking about seeing Harley anymore. We're just going awry. But God's still talking about seeing. Amen. He hasn't stopped talking about seeing. He never stopped talking about heaven and he hasn't stopped talking about hell. Amen. So in this text, the apostle says to the church, he says, do you know who's inside of you? Do you know that the Holy One himself, you are his temple? He says, so what relationship does Christ have with Belial? Belial is an idol, amen. Might as well be saved. What relationship is between them two? How you go, amen, how you going to carry them two at the same time, Brother Lane, it's not possible. So we're either for the Lord or we're either against the Lord. Mother Dealwood says many times, she says that the Lord said, I put a cursing before you and a blessing. You choose. Amen. So it's on us. Amen. If we want to live like the world, go ahead. But there's consequences to sin. And the last thing you want to do is be guilty of helping somebody else sin. That's one of the things that's really starting to, desert, to, to, to disturb me when I see Christians who know better, who've been taught better, who are helping other Christians to sin. Now you are guilty of the bigger portion of the consequences and it don't matter how much others pray for you you can't get God off of you amen because God is not just a loving God he's also a just God amen so when we look at the text 
He says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. God is living in you. He's not dead. He's not unaware. He's inside of you. The Bible says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve him. Because every time we go somewhere, we're taking God with us. Amen. He says in the text, he says, I will dwell in them and walk among them and will be their God and they shall be my people. See, God's walking with his folks. Amen. And he sees what's going on. Amen. And he is a patient and a long suffering God. But judgment still has to come. And the Bible says judgment will first come at the household of faith. Let it not be said of at least this congregation that we are aiding and abetting others in sin. Let it be said that these members here, we heard that they said, no, don't sleep together. Don't do that together. Don't be fornicating. You stay in your house and they stay in theirs. You stay right until you decide to get married. Get married first and then it's open season. But before that, no, that's not right. You can't force nobody to do anything, but you don't have to get in on board with it. You don't have to condone sin. And see, that's all God is, is requiring for you is not to condone it. Amen. To stand up and be counted with those who say, Mm-mm, this ain't the way to live. But a lot of times we run into trouble is because we ourselves are doing so much. So our mouths get shut because we're doing too much and not following the Lord. So it always starts first at us before it can go out. But the thing is, we've got to get started now. Amen. Because we don't want the Lord to come back and find us doing any and every old thing. Amen. So today I just wanted to talk to you a little bit, amen, about this. Because it is becoming a more widespread issue. To where it's just everywhere and everybody's just seen in the Christian household to have forgotten about it. But sin has to be brought up. Sin has to be preached. Sin has to be told. Sin has to be confronted. Because in reality, what you're doing is when you confront someone with their sin, you're not judging them, but you save them. Amen. It's like somebody going over a cliff. Amen. And you say, stop. Don't go any further because there's a, there's a cliff there and below there are sharp rocks that will kill you. That's what you're saying when you tell your brother or sister, don't do that. Don't sin. Don't do that particular sin because there's, some, there's a drop off and there's some sharp rocks at the bottom. Amen. So today, saints of God, I'm just encouraging us to get back to holiness, to start to try to live holy and not to condone someone else's sin, not to smile on it, not to wink on it because God's not winking on it. There's a lot of stuff that we are celebrating and I've been guilty of it too, that God's not celebrating. There's a lot of sinful activity going on in our current society. God is not happy whatsoever. So we need to get cognizant and cognizant in a hurry of what God desires and not what we desire. Amen? Amen. Amen. At this time, the doors of the church are open.
Amen. There may be somebody here today, amen, that uh, wants to give their life to Christ. Somebody may want to come by Christian experience or by letter, amen, today. And you can come to the Lord, amen. You can join New Zion. We will not turn you away, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come unto Whoa. 